listeners out there, thank you for tuning in to today's podcast. With us today, I have a leader, someone that can tell us a little bit more about being a leader and uh, roles in leadership. Uh, it is four-time best-selling author and overall seven-time published author, Tara Hall, owner of Tara Hall Inspire Solutions, a training and development company. I would like to introduce you today and um, tell, I would like for you to tell us a little bit more about uh, leadership. This is, um, this podcast is basically building people up to become leaders. So you are a very important guest for us today and go ahead and we can get right into it. If you'd like to introduce yourself. Yeah, sure. Thank you so much for the opportunity to be here today. And I, I love all things leadership. I continue to learn daily about leadership and not just learn about it, but really put it into action. So um, as you mentioned, yes, I have a small, small business owner here on the East Coast in Connecticut and uh, specializing in leadership development for those uh, current leaders, but also aspiring leaders, you know, to help them leverage their knowledge beyond their nine to five and to really get their voices out in the world, either through, you know, becoming a speaker and or publishing their own stories to expand their reach and to make more of an impact with others. Okay. Um, that's awesome that you're doing that. Is your, is your small business solely based on that? Is that your coaching services or is it a product services um, type of business? It's, it's actually a combination. It is a, a training and development specifically. So um, my first love is as a trainer and that is in leadership development. That's also in the diversity, equity and inclusion space. Um, as well as personal and professional development. So I present at conferences, at uh, workshops, facilitate my own uh, full and half day workshops. And um, the, the product piece comes into play with, uh, with, book, with books and um, uh, you know, uh, selling books, but also um, assisting others with getting their stories out and supporting them in the writing process through coaching. Oh, wow. Um... So the writing process, the writing process leads to speaking engagements and, and other coaching opportunities. Would that be correct? Yeah, so yeah, it does. What would, um, so what would, I don't want to say a date, what would that process look like? Yeah, well, I'll, I'll tell, well, two parts, two parts to that process. Um, in the books that I've published, um, I've, I have seven overall, but my first writing experience actually started in a compilation book. And that was me being able to at least just get my feet wet, if you will, in the writing space. And I didn't know where it was going to go to at all. And here we are, you know, several years later, uh, and I have seven, <laughs> seven publications. But that came by uh, just getting my, my feet wet, you know, in telling one story. So in the books that I have published, the, the last uh, the last two books have been compilation books. So one has been a women's book, Emerging, where they share their story, um, had 11 co-authors. So that process was actually people who weren't necessarily ready to share their, their journey in their own book, but they were willing to share a piece of their journey in a, by telling it in a chapter. So um, my actual first, um, after I published my own book, I then published a compilation book. So that was the beginning of the process for people who wanted to experience writing 
not necessarily write the entire book um, and have all the heavy lifting that comes after that, you know, around the, you know, editing and, and all that and the graphics and all that part. And um, so from there, I actually then started working with individuals who wanted to write their own book. And that process is I really walk them from start to finish, you know, I coach them through the whole journey. Some people had pieces of writings and journals or things they started, and some were starting from the ground up. So I coached them through that entire process. And I would say overall that they were short reads. So those books uh, took about, I'd say it was probably anywhere between 12 to 14 week journey um, for those that are looking to, you know, kind of start from start to finish. And those that uh, have written their own. I'm working, it's funny because I asked you, you were where you're from, you said from Texas, and um, I'm actually working with a gentleman right now uh, who lives in, he actually just moved to Texas, and he had his manuscript written, but he didn't know what to do with it after as far as, you know, uh, the proofing, the editing, getting graphics, and we're actually at that phase. So I do work with people who have their manuscript completed, but they're not sure what to do with it next as far as who to get to kind of walk them through, uh, if you will, cleaning it up so it looks a little, it looks and sounds more uh, ready to read. Um, because most times it's a rough, it's a rough manuscript that I get. <laughs> and um, I spend some time cleaning it up and, uh, you know, making it sound more like the way they want it to come out. Okay. Um... Man, that's that's awesome. It it sounds like. Have you ever read Chicken Soup for the Soul? Yes. Yeah, I've read different pieces of them. Yeah. Okay. So when you said collaboration, that's kind of what I I had in mind. Exactly. And I think that's an excellent idea. Um, with all the po I plan to do that with all the podcasts that I do. Kind of touch on um, something that everyone has to offer. That's great. Um, that's great. Yeah. And that's 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 really an awesome way to uh, do things. Uh, it, can you tell us a little bit about the emerging some of the stories that's in those compilations? Oh, sure. Sure. The the first um, version of emerging came out in uh, January of twenty twenty one. And that is uh, all my books are available on Amazon that that book. Uh, the stories range anywhere from uh, post-divorce to uh, not giving up on yourself to uh, limiting beliefs and how you kind of have to retrain your brain. Um, stories including um, families, uh, one story of an individual who, uh, you know, how we kind of go through life and we have this, this vision, you know, and her vision was, I, I, you know, have my husband, I have my two children, and, you know, this is kind of the way I planned it, and, you know, these are the goals I have, and then lo and behold, in the middle of all of that um, comes a surprise, <laughs> and um, that surprise is um, an experience with Child Protective Services within her family, and um, she's now presented with the uh, situation of needing to, uh, being asked, rather, to take on raising another child um, is actually her her husband's, um, I believe it is his, his nephew, if I have it correct. Um, so there goes the story of, you know, we have our lives planned out and then God intervenes and says, uh, but wait, there's more, there's something else here. And uh, so she shares her journey of adoption and how that changed the course of not just her life, but, you know, her family's life. 
So the stories range um, all over. And, and really the premise of the book, why it was called Emerging, is because we're all coming out of something or we're heading into something or we are, you know, we're just experiencing something that, and the thing is the title came to me first. I didn't even know I was going to write that book. <laughs> and it happened during, you know, we were all, you know, home, of course, during the pandemic. And I recall saying to my sister, wow, can you imagine the number of books that are being written right now? Because people have the time, you know, maybe it's something they've always wanted to do but they just didn't make the time for it. And all I had was a title and I remember putting it in my notes in my phone. And I said, this sounds like a title of a book or something. And I don't know, I just let it sit. And then sometime around the fall, early part of late spring, early summer rather, I said, you know, I think I'm gonna use this title as a book. I think I'm going to do a compilation book. And that's where it started. And I started asking people if they were willing to, you know, to share in the journey and they, they hopped on board. And I had 11 women in that one. Um, and that led me then to, to the men's book. Um, the women's book, again, it's stories of transformation. Um, it's a, of hope, you know, of women who have either battled something, um, overcame something, success stories, journeys in their life. And, um, then that same idea came back to me again. And I said, I would, what I would really love to do is, is stretch myself a little further and see if I could get men to tell their story. And I said, oh boy, <laughs> am I gonna get men who are gonna be willing to tell some of their innermost thoughts, um, you know, in the same way, you know, through their own personal journey. And my goal was seven. Um, my goal for the women's book was 12. I made 12 because I shared, I shared a story in that, but uh, my goal was seven men and um, I ended up getting, I ended up getting six. <laughs> so I met, I, I, I didn't make my, my goal, but I, I certainly made the bigger goal, which was to get it done. So yeah, that book came out actually this past January, um, either 15th or 16th uh, of, uh, of, of this year. How do you market those books particularly? Uh, really through the help of all of those that participate, um, because I really believe in it, it's 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 my vision, you know, as the visionary, but it's their journey. And I and I really believe in, you know, and this kind of ties back into the leadership component as well. Right. Because leadership is about um, making an impact and, and being uh, making influencing someone else. So, you know, with that, I, I really believe in, in them sharing and being part of the unfolding of the journey, you know, as we were writing, as they were writing, but also um, in the marketing, because I, I was very clear, I wanted them to, to share in marketing in their networks, because their networks, they're seen as a leader in those, in other spaces, and they can kind of cause that ripple effect in those same other environments that I can't reach um, as far as the men go, um, but they can, and they can champion that message differently than I can. Okay. Were you looking for uh, particular stories uh, to produce or um, like, how did you find these people? Is it, is it based on corporate people or just people that have really interesting stories throughout life that they went through? <laughs> Well, you know, I, I, I'm into it. Okay. So uh, for me, I didn't go into it um, looking for any 
specific person or any specific story. Okay, what I told the what I what I was looking for really, um, I, I kind of kept it a little open because I was looking for people who are willing to share either their story around, um, you know, fatherhood, maybe mm. fatherlessness. Um, their own upbringings, like what kind of messages as men were they getting either in their family of origin or just in society as they were kind of being raised? Like, what was that experience like um, for them? Um, so I kind of left it, uh, I, I just put themes, I just put ideas, you know, things like fatherhood uh, around divorce. I started thinking about what were some of the things that the women shared that the men could possibly share because what happens is a lot of times when people want to write it get, it feels so big and they don't know what to write about that i just put like sort of these little bullet points of these are potential ideas or things that you can you can consider and i really left it open i mean i had i had some parameters around the stories but i really wanted people to have the freedom to really tap into what they wanted to share because this for them actually all of the uh minus one gentleman th the rest had never written before had never written or published in a book before the rest it was all a brand new experience for them so i wanted to leave creative freedoms i just wanted to guide them through being able to uh share the story and capture it in a way that really would pull the reader in okay that's that's awesome um, with these stories, storytelling, book writing, do you assist with um, speaking, public speaking engagements, um, setting up those uh, maybe events or collaborations or anything like that? Um, I have not yet, uh, but my intention is to move in that space um, only because that, that requires another, um, that requires a little bit of a bigger production. Um, yeah. but, but I would say though, that, um, I do have intentions for that with the emerging books, um, because I, I have, I, I have been in a few spaces where, you know, you sort of have, um, you know, men share some things and women share some things. And I would love to figure out a way to sort of, um, uh, bridge that messaging. And I believe with the, with the women's version and the men's version of the books, it, it has allowed for what I believe will be a nice foundation to begin um, to move in that space. And uh, I, had, I had some intentions earlier on for that, but then with COVID, I had to kind of rethink and pivot and you know move a few ideas a little further out, but it's certainly my intention to be able to do that. Right. Um, so um, I think that's an excellent idea. And it I, I, it takes a bigger production, but I think mostly what an event planner, you know. Oh yeah. And um, that you you already have it structured out, so yeah, I could definitely see that happen. Happening. Yeah. Are all of these people in your lo? Well, you say one is from Texas, so they don't have necessarily have to be in your location or uh, close no. in proximity. No, no. And um, and just to go back, because I, I realized I didn't answer the second part of your question, which was around how did I sort of find the gentleman um, to, to participate? Uh, and it also ties back into something you raised earlier about the chicken soup for the soul books. Um, so I'm actually a certified Jack Canfield success uh, tra principles trainer, um, where I've studied under him and uh, train and teach and coach in the success principles. And he, as you know, was part of um, 
uh, co-writing for that series of books. Uh, so, um, so one of the gentlemen who participated in the book is actually in that community. So he and I uh, networked and he's from Mongolia. Um, so we had, so it's actually an international book as well, right? Um, because he, he, uh, he and I are both trainers. We're both in the same network and um, I reached out I was he, I was on him a bit because he always wanted to write his own book and he hasn't gotten there yet. But I, I thought about him and I'm like, hey, here's an opportunity. Would you like to you know be on board with this? And, and he uh, participated. Some of the other people I met, um, I just knew through some other networks, and I just uh, used one of the success principles, which was to ask. <laughs> you know, I just ask, ask, ask until I got the yes. You know, I reached out. Some people were on the fence. Some were like. Uh, I don't know if I could do that. And I'm like, yeah, sure you can. Of course you can do it. I'm going to guide you through the process. You're going to do it. You can make it happen. And uh, one of the gentlemen actually is like, yeah, all right, all right, I'll do it. I'll do it. I think you'll help, you know, you can help me do this. So it really was asking the people that I knew or had some familiarity with. And um, that's how they, I got, a, I got the gentleman on board. Just ask. It seems Just so ask. simple, right? You know, it seems, and I tell you, you know, I was not a person who was like this, but you know, you become what you have to become when you're in business because yeah. you may not want to do some things, but you must do some things to stretch yeah. your own muscle. So yeah, yeah, I had to, I had to stretch my muscle. <laughs> and, and it's, I so much believe in the power of the pen and mm -hmm. it's, it's so powerful because you can start with a story, just writing a story. I actually heard Steve Harvey say that the jokes, the jokes that he originally had written is the jokes he told for five, the same exact jokes that he told for five or six years that got him to the point that he wanted to be at. Wow. And I, I just truly believe that sharing your story is the, I mean, it, it can catapult you into greatness. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then, you know, also that may be the end. I mean, beginning, if you look at it, it's all about the pen when it's ending because that's what's going to write uh, um, your biography or that's what's going to write your obituary. So it, it all comes down to, you know, the power of the pen. And my whole idea is you may as well write your obituary while you're alive. That's what's right. That's, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, you totally have the opportunity to do that. Um, that's funny you br you brought this up because that's this is now the second time I heard that. Um, once was something I was listening to last week, and it was it exactly was it was said just like that. Like you you could write it now, and 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 are you living basically? Are you living the life that you you want to live? You know, instead of having you know it being left to someone else to basically write your story, you know right. and. It's it's um you have to be able to think deeply to receive that though I, I think you know to to get that because sometimes we're just going about life thinking oh you, you don't have to worry about certain things but you know really you get you get the choice of how you wanna how you wanna leave <laughs> you do you do <laughs> and, word. It's, it's, it seems it seems so simple um, but however I listen to a lot of uh, leadership um, podcast and you know, people that teach about success. And sure. one of the main thing, the number one thing they teach is to write it down so you can yes. visualize it. Yep. Write it, visualize it. So really in essence, what you're doing is writing out your story. 
And, and, but you're, you're writing it from a place of faith. You're writing it from a place of you haven't seen it happen yet, but, but yet it's still, you know, it's kind of like drawing up a, a map to a city. You have to start somewhere, you yeah. know, with your highways and byways and whatnot. So, so I think it's a wonderful thing that you're doing. And a lot of people, even <laughs> um, R&B and rap, the stories that we listen to in music, you know, oh. every day. Th those are people, personal stories. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So. And this, it's a very powerful way to connect. And, and I never really thought about it until I actually got in the space of, of training and coaching in this particular way, because I, I had been a trainer in a, another part of my career early on. And, and what I found, um, just thinking back on that journey now, uh, having worked in social services, I, I spent most of my life listening to people's stories and um, uh, some positive, but a lot of them, unfortunately, negative trauma related stories. But I remember when I was in the, in the, in the training space, they would, um, they would rotate the trainers out every couple of years um, because they wanted to make sure that uh, one, when I was newly going uh, to the training academy, they wanted uh, your stories from the fields basically because when you were in the classroom training, you make the point by telling a story connected to it so that it cements the learning. And they would rotate the trainers out every couple of years because the further away you were from the direct service work, the, you know what I mean? The stories weren't as fresh um, right. and, and uh, policies and practices changed. So they, would, and, uh, so they would rotate people out just to make sure that they kept um, you know, the content fresh and they kept the stories fresh. But stories are very powerful ways to connect with other humans, human beings. And I think the more we get into the space of doing that, the more you can make an impact, the more you can be influential because you're you're sharing a very intimate part of you yeah. with complete strangers. And you I'll never know who will pick up this book. I'll never know who bought it half the time, you know, um, unless they tell me so. But you know, you really have uh, such a great opportunity to to really spread positivity and, and to share other things that can just help people, you know, before, you know, maybe they're going down a path that they don't need to because someone else has already done that. And they can, yeah. they can say, hey, consider trying this, you know, it may work for you, it may not work for you, but consider trying this. It's just something else to, you know, to think about. Right, definitely. And I mean, no matter what you're doing, you know, I don't, I don't care if you're like, uh, you know, a uh, grasshopper catcher. There are people out there that do the same thing that you do. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. it just takes you to tell them, you know, tell your story and then there will be people that relate to it. Yeah. And everyone. And that's the thing, because, I, you know, you probably see it, you know, as a podcaster and. Um, in different circles and networks that you're in. There are tons of people who are trainers. There's tons of people who are coaches out there. But what is it about you that makes you unique? What is it right. about me that will make me unique based on my story and my experiences? So I'm going to attract the people that I most resonate with. So I don't feel, I, I never feel like intimidated by the fact that there's all these other people out here in the same space. That is true. There is, it's a crowded space, yeah. but- you, I, I don't, I don't devalue what I know and do just because there are other people out there that may be doing it as well. Their journey is different, you know, than yeah. my, my journey. So, 
um, I just know I'll connect with those that believe my the sound of my voice connects with them. Yep, you, exactly. That's just, that's, um, that's the beauty about this entire internet thing. It's, I look at it as a, it's a positive and a negative with social media and the internet and things that we learn and things that we taught, but the other things that we see, um, it just all depends on what we, you know, tend to uh, follow and be inspired by. But yeah. you are definitely correct that um, just you being online is a lot more, um, I guess, subjective to you mm -hmm. being out in public passing out business cards. You can kind of get online and do exactly what it is that you do uh, just by being you and someone can connect with that. And yeah. I, I think that's a that's an awesome thing. Um, post post COVID <laughs> has has built I guess it has has built us to to really have to do that to yeah. to have to get out here and kind of show who we are uh, to inspire or motivate just so people can kind of latch on to to us in the you know business aspect. Yeah, yeah, and I, I think back to 2018, and this is sort of uh, maybe uh, excuse me, 2017 was really a marker or a highlight point for me where I'd gone to a conference up in New York. And it wasn't until I had, you know, an experience at that conference that I was like, wow, if you really want to do the things that you say you want to do, you'll have to step out of who you are currently and move in, as you were saying, visualize the space that you see yourself, you know, in. And it's going to cause you to, you know, do, you know, do this, uh, you know, with your, with your, your mindset. Uh, it's going to cause you to need to go learn some other things that you don't know yet, um, and do some things you haven't done before. And I was not a social media person, and it wasn't until after that conference. But then, 2018, when I went to another conference down in Florida, that we were challenged to get on social media and to do, you know, some live videos. I'm like, oh boy, okay, I don't know about that, but um, because before I was doing videos, but I was, you know, uh, recording and then maybe uploading them later, and I was like, all right, I guess I'll have to do this, you know, but like anything else, so from 2018 to now, you know, being online and, and uh, doing live videos, it's, it's as if I had always been doing it, but of course, we know that came with several years of working the muscle. And we're such a, you know, in a society where, you know, <laughs> we want the quick fix, the quick return, yep. you know, we forget there's a journey and a process behind getting to where you are. And I always know that there are people back of me that need my support. And I know there's people ahead of me that I'm gleaning at and looking at saying, okay, there's some other things that I need to continue to aspire towards. So uh, that's why, again, as you said, media, the social media aspect is for those that are using it authentically and using it to really make an impact um, and using it the right way, <laughs> using it the right way, I'll put it that way, um, and really um, are there to to be of service to other people, that it, it can certainly be a good thing. I definitely think so. It's uh, it's game changing. Um so speaking of that, what would you say is the demographic that you work in? Like 
age group and you know you have the um i guess the millennial crowd and the generation z yeah that's that's just 100 percent you know internet as opposed to the older crowd uh generation x and the baby boomers that kind of you know are used to the old way so what is your preference and 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 which demographic do you work with choose to work with my my primary uh, demographic, if I'm speaking of the space of being in in the the coaching and the you know sort of the mindset transformational work, you know I would put myself in the bracket of anywhere between like um, I would say 40 uh, 40 and up, um, primarily women. But when I'm talking about my trainings and leadership development, that's a different that's a different segment because I may be in. I may be in a conference, I may be in a different environment. So in that respect, I'm speaking to, it could be anywhere from uh, mid twenties, thirties up um, because that that space is very different. You know, when you're talking about leadership, uh, I think how you approach the the younger generation, as you say, is it's very different. And, and I wouldn't say that I'm targeting them when I'm online. Like that isn't who I would say I'm resonating with most. Um, but who I would uh, work to, you know, work with and serve. Uh, I look at the demographics of the women in the book. So that's that's more of, you know, the I would say in the 40s and up uh, for me because I think about where I'm at in my life and I, I can service those best that uh, will resonate with the journey uh, where we're at, you know, in our early fifties. And you have wisdom on both sides of that because you, you've, you've, <laughs> you've gotten a few battle scars along the way, um, you know, that can resonate with some people. Um, and, and that may be in the career space too. I made a career change last August. <clears throat> so, having a, uh, there's a lot of women um, in leadership who are also at different points in their career and are either looking to move up in this, in their work environments, or they are considering uh, work cha uh, career changes. But then you have this other piece of ageism that comes into play. Um, that's another barrier for when they're moving or making career changes, um, you know, as far as discrimination goes. So, you know, it, it's, been, it's been interesting to see, especially with COVID, a lot of people who have either moved, uh, moved out of the workspace and have just decided I'm going full, you know, full throttle with my, with my entrepreneurial space, or those that are just saying, I'm, I'm, I'm going to change where I'm working at. And I'm, you know, looking to I'm just going to take, you know, take the next step and jump and do something different. Um, you know, long gone are the days, you know, where people have stayed in um, one space for, you know, 25, 30 years. You know, that's not this generation coming up. They're, they're moving jobs and switching jobs anywhere between, you know, like one to three years. And they're not they're not looking for the same things that um, I was necessarily looking for when I started, in the you know, my career in the workspace. So. So I, I just heard a little tidbit that, uh, and here's a place where you may be able to help me right here, right now. <laughs> leadership, you said that leadership kind of differs between the older generation and the younger generation. When you enter a room of 20 to 30 year olds, they look at leadership in a different way. Yes. So like, 
I'm so far removed. I have kids that age and like <laughs> you are correct, 100% correct because I don't feel like I can relate, you know, as far as leadership is concerned because there's something different there as opposed to their generation. Can you touch on that or what what does leadership look like for that generation of 20 year olds or you know early 30s? Yeah, I, I think, um, and this, you know, again, this is, this is, these are from my observations, and these are from my observations of, of the generation in my own family. So I can look at how they're looking at their careers and how they're moving about. And what I will say, and this, I'll just share this, this perspective, because this is the most fresh one, where I went to an event uh, a couple of weeks ago, it was a networking event, and, and the, the demographic was, was not necessarily my age range. There were a few but not many. And um, what I what I noticed immediately about that space is that I I believe their leadership is it's more uh, more of the entrepreneurial entrepreneurial spirit right off the bat. Um, I believe that their their desire is to basically just to lead themselves. Okay, they'll look at a space and say, um, if, especially if you're looking at where the job market is and they're moving every one to three years. You know, they're looking and they're seeing what is it that I can gain from this space, talent wise, uh, skill wise, and and where can I take it <laughs> um, and move on to the next maybe where the money is better um, or maybe they get to advance to the top more quickly. Um, so what I would say that I think is different is it's the mindset I, I like and I appreciate the mindset. But I do think because of the blended generations that are in the workforce right now, you have between what, four to five generations in the workforce right now, there's a lot of things that um, I think they can, they can also learn. We can learn from each other. I just say it could be this cross sharing. Like you said, like, so anywhere, someone who um, didn't grow up as a digital person, okay, so what can someone who grew up in a phone and clicking buttons is like nothing for them. What can they share and learn from each other versus making it this thing that divides them? What can you do to, to blend and bridge the gap? I remember doing a workshop a couple of years ago I, and it was the intergenerational workshop. And that's, it was interesting because some of the younger people in the group were sharing that um, it was sometimes frustrating for them to just do things because that's the way it had always been done, right? They wanted to challenge the norm and say, well, hey, how about if we do it this way? It's quicker, it's more efficient. And those who have been in there, you know, in the work, uh, in that environment for some time were like, yeah, but this is how we've always done it, <laughs> you know? So very wedded to the, the policies and the practices and the steps, and this is how it's always been. Um, and sort of being challenged to say, okay, well, how can we do this differently? I never thought about it that way. Let's see what we can work out together. Uh, I just think that sometimes we look at what's what's different versus what uh, versus what we can, you know, kind of share. Well, I think there's more to learn from each other. Uh, there's more to appreciate about the differences uh, to find common ground than just to focus on just the differences. Okay. Okay. Um, so it's not a, it's not necessarily um, a management thing. It's more of a, 
Um, it's a mindset. <laughs> I'm sorry, what was that? I say it's a I say it's a more of a mindset thing than a management thing. Okay. Wow. And um, yeah, they are definitely entrepreneurs. I love that about this younger generation. They are um online having their own businesses and um they they don't like to be told a lot <laughs> you know they, they they like to do what they like to do yeah so yeah and and there's ways to and i think there is ways to support that and and that's this is where i do think there is uh where there is a benefit to you know we each carry something different so you know i've been in leadership over 20 something years right and someone new coming into, let's say, just a hypothetical organization, and they're coming in and they they're trying to figure out how they can get my seat, right? Because they want to move, they want to move up the ladder quickly. Well, that's all well and good, but there's also there are still things to learn yeah. about the organization, the organizational culture. Um, how do you work with someone who is, um, if you ever you know heard of like the DISC profile assessment and there's different styles that someone may have, you know, you're, you're a dominant, you're inspiring, supportive, and cautious. Like, so how do you manage working with someone who is very task oriented, very data driven? I want this, I want this versus someone who's about, Hey, they just want to host luncheons every day. And they want to like get a real, they want a real, you know, enjoyable team environment and they they'll get the work done, but their focus is people. So it's always being aware of the differences in personalities that you have on your teams, different personalities you have in your workspace. And we all have, you all have to work together. So, you know, sometimes they, you know, they, like you said, they move quickly um, and, and that's not a bad thing, but like anything else, you, you still have to be acclimated to, to the environment too. Right, right, like anything else. Yeah, like anything else. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> um, so you mentioned the 50 and up crowd. And yeah. um, you have uh, four, nine to five. And you also do the, the coaching and the teaching and the author. Where do you find the motivation to, to, to continue even after your nine to five is over, you know, well, I'll say the motivation comes from what you raised earlier, which is the vision. Um, you know, what is it that I, what is it that I see that I aspire to to do, um, and what do I have to do each day to get there? So even if I do one thing, and I know I've got ten to really do, but if I can get one thing done, then that says okay you're still on your, you're still on your hustle. You're still in the game. I don't have to accomplish all 10 things in that day, but I know what I need to, I know I still need to do at least one thing. And if I, you know, I'm saying one, but literally that ends up being like about four or five things that I'm really doing. <laughs> um, but the motivation comes from my why, why am I doing this? Uh, what vision do I have to, uh, do I really want to materialize for me, not by anyone else's standards, but what goals did I set for me uh, so that when I do leave my my investor in um, in a few years, that uh, I have set myself up in a way that really is sustainable and it really is one that will continue to give me enjoyment, you know, out of out of what I've done. So um, I, I do know when to go sit down and take my rest and take my breaks. <laughs> 
Okay. All right. That's a good thing. Um, so do you plan on, after you retire, do you plan on cranking it up or just kind of, you know, I, I, Hey man, I can see one, two people and coach, but, uh, other than that, I'm just going to retire, re enjoy my retirement. Uh, no, I'll probably, I, knowing me, I'll probably crank it up a little bit. Um, uh, because now really is like, my thought is it was better to get started. Um, so it's been, um, about three years now for me. Um, I, and again, that's uh, on a part-time basis. So I get to kind of create what I, what I would want it to look like later when I do have more of a full, uh, a free full, you know, full, uh, schedule, free schedule, excuse me. And then I can decide what I'd like to, how many people I'd like to see, how many clients I'd like to have just to get their books done. Like, you know, I really have time to map out you know, what that will look like for me. You know, I'm sure when I, when I first retire, maybe that first year, I'm, I'm, maybe I'll just do the things I want to do first <laughs> and then I'll, uh, you know, ramp it up. <laughs> gotcha. When you get bored. Yeah. When I get bored, you know, once you get bored. <laughs>